coming up on this week's podcast, we have talking points with Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, and a bit on the World Cup draw. Liam's in the hot seat this week for a quiz. More stats in the wonders of why and a who am I, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new edition of the View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as always. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yourself? Uh, not as good as you, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Decent um, performance for you, not so good. There was a slight contrast because we didn't do a podcast last week and that, that would have been quite a, a sombre podcast to do with um, a lot of thrashings handed out, so... Um, a better week for me this week. Continued with that sombre form. <laughs> um, uh, luckily, Chelsea got the memo for you and thought they'd turn it around a bit. But there was um, obviously one of the biggest games of the season, probably played this weekend when Manchester City um, played Liverpool. Um, obviously, billed as the biggest game of the season, obviously for both the clubs. You know, they are the only two going for the title now. Um, so it was it was always going to be a very close game, I thought. I didn't think one team would actually run out um, sort of 3-4-0 winners. Um, but I thought, I thought it was a really open game. Um, and both teams were going for it. And I think that's, that's what made for a good game, especially from a, you know, someone that doesn't support either team. Um, it made it made for a, a really good game. Um, there was obviously a lot of highlights from the game. I thought De Bruyne had a really good game, another class game from him. Probably, probably the best midfielder in the Premier League at the moment. I don't know if you would uh, agree. Yeah, I think I'd go with that. He seemed to run the game really, but large parts for for City. I think. Um, Liverpool don't really have that kind of midfielder in their team. Uh, quite often, you do see sort of top top against second, you know, the two big teams of that um, year face each other and it ends up being a boring nil-nil draw. Nothing like that this time around, thank God. I mean, neither team really plays like that anyway. But I was glad that Liverpool stuck with their, you know, tried and tested methods, you know, high press high line, try and win the ball back, try and counter. And yeah, like you said, for a neutral, really good to watch. Um, But just really highlights at the minute, I think, how far ahead those two teams are to everybody else at the minute. It's actually quite scary, especially considering Man City don't have a striker. I think that's probably it probably would have made a difference if they'd have had, say, like an Aguero from two years ago. Because there were so many chances that I, th- I just thought were dying for a clinical striker, for both sides really, but more for more probably for City, especially at the end, Mares sort of chipping over the bar. Yeah. Um, went through one on one, doing his usual cut back onto his left foot, ignore everyone around him and shoot. That you know normally works for him quite well, to be fair. But Sterling had a couple of chances that I'm just thinking if there's a clinical striker there, it's you know one touching in the back of the net, but. Yeah, other than that, really, you can't fault either side, I don't think. No, it, it, like you said, it's strange how a team can be so good without yet having an out-and-out striker on the pitch. <laughs> um, it, it really does go to show sort of how they can share the goals around sort of their 
rotating sort of front three that they have because obviously you know it's not it's not just you know De Bruyne and Foden that you know come up with the goals you know everyone seems to chip in and their bench as well was <laughs> someone else Grealish obviously 100 million pound Grealish was on the bench and he only managed to get sort of five minutes towards the end so um you know like you said that out and out the two best teams in the league by far um and, yeah, and they have been probably since sort of like middle of November. Obviously, Chelsea were, you know, battling with them for the first sort of three months of the league, but, um, you know, they just drifted off and, and, and those two just went away with it. But I thought it was a really good game to watch. Um, who, like who do you think that result suits? Do you think it's cities to lose? Well, I still think, yeah, I still think, uh, you know, for, for Manchester City that they're still ahead. So, and, I think I, I did see somewhere the games that they've still got left. They're not particularly difficult games either. So um, it's hard to see either side dropping. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. Kind of, it reminds me a bit of a couple of years ago when Liverpool came second, only losing one game. Was it that season? Yeah, they still didn't win the league yeah. with a huge points total and still not being able to win the league. And I, I just have a feeling. That, they're going to fall a little bit short again, I think, at the minute. Like you say, <clears throat> I don't think either side's got a particularly difficult run in. Liverpool's probably more so. I think they've got Spurs, who are obviously, you know, one week looking like Real Madrid and then the next week, not so much. But, yeah, I, I do think it's probably cities to lose now. But what I will say is I watched the game, it must have been about a month ago, when City played Palace and really, really struggled that day. And yeah. you all, you always think that they're going to come out and they're going to just steamroll the teams, but they, they just have that one game where they can't seem to score. They, they come up against a team that's tough to break down, maybe a team near the bottom that just sort of sits 10, 10 men behind the ball. And Liverpool, I don't, th- I don't think they have as much of a problem with their okay. in three because they have three, Strikers essentially, so it'll be interesting. That's the only thing I. I, I think I, I think Liverpool will win it. I, I I do. I think to be, you know, uh, how many points was it? Sort of like uh, two months ago, they were behind sort of yeah. nine points, wasn't it? Um, and to get this, I I just think they have an advantage, like you said, an advantage when even when they seem to play bad at the moment, and they are. Struggling in front of goal, they they still somehow manage to get to get a win, um, and I do think they'll overtake them, and I think they'll end up winning it. I just got a feeling. Are we gonna are we gonna make that? We'll we'll set that in stone now. Chris, yeah, Liverpool to win the title. Yeah, I don't want them to win it. I don't want Man City to win it either. <laughs> no, <laughs> a big capitulation for Diesel yeah. to win it now. So, but yeah, a good game. And an even better game to watch for myself at the weekend, um, especially after losing to Brentford four-one, and then losing to Real Madrid three-one. Um, it was a breath of fresh air, I think we would say, um, because they actually stepped up. They they stepped up when they needed to on on Saturday, and you know Southampton away isn't an easy game to have especially coming off the back of, you know, two, you know, the Brentford was quite a heavy defeat and, you know, the Real Madrid one, we were at home as well. So it's not, you know, 
free one isn't great, but then to to put off a performance out like that, you know, an emphatic performance like that, and win, end up winning six 0 where it could have been, it really could have been double figures <laughs> quite yeah. easily. Werner, Werner himself could have had seven or eight, um, but obviously the momentum that that can give them for tomorrow night. I hope you know. I hope that they continue to play like they played on Saturday. I know Real Madrid's a completely different team, but I think, you know, if we play like that, I think we've got a very, very good chance of actually getting the two goals that we need. But, you know... It kind of goes against you now that... Well, I suppose, actually, no, technically it doesn't. But with away goals not being a thing, yeah. I suppose, actually, for you, it's quite good. You can you can win two, yeah, for us. essentially, take yeah. extra time. Um, but... Looking at your performance this weekend, it's it, it's hard it's hard to see how, where it's come from. You know, all all in really, you should be bereft of confidence. You know, looking like you're going out of the Champions League, having a heavy defeat to London rivals, to then come up with that. I mean, I I didn't see the game. I don't know whether you watched it, but how much of it was Southampton being bad? How much of it do you think was you being good? Yeah, I, you know, uh, you know, they made they they made mistakes at the back. You know, I'm not going to sit and say that they didn't. You know, for at least two of the goals, I think one of them um, is it Salasu. He got he got sort of you know not pushed, but you know shoulder to shoulder off the ball of Havertz and. Werner took it, hit the post, and Havertz ended up putting it in. But you know, I, I thought the way we played was so much better. We were so much more free flowing, and you know, with you know, with Southampton, they've got history of losing, you know, yeah. by quite mar- by big margins. And you I know, I don't, I don't really know what that says about them as a team. You know, they kind of let in sort of free goals after like twenty minutes and. It's just chaos for them. I don't know. I don't know. You know why it happens to them. I don't, I'm not too sure. But they they had they had a couple of chances, especially even like right at the start they had um, one good chance. It was a free kick from Wall Prowseman right through. You know, almost hit the post. But you know, it's it's, it's performances like from Werner that we don't see often enough mm. that we saw on Saturday. You know. He scored twice, but I'm, I'm not even kidding. He could have had seven, <laughs> literally six or seven. He hit the post and the bar within the first ten minutes. I mean, and, I, I don't know whether you saw. There's a, a Twitter account, and it's obviously run by a Southampton fan. Oh, this is about the yeah. Has the nine nil been mentioned recently, or have the two nine nil games been mentioned recently? And it, it just tweeted, oh, I think uh-oh, yeah. twenty minutes when the fourth goal went in, but. They have that in them, Southampton. I don't know where it comes from because they seem to be a very patchy side. You know, they go on a good run, five or six games, and they'll have four wins and two draws. Things will be looking up, and then they'll just out of nowhere plummet. Yeah, well, they were missing obviously Broa, who couldn't play because obviously he's a Chelsea player yeah. and he's on loan. So they were missing that at top. And to be fair, that. They had Adam Armstrong up front, and he he hasn't really played yeah. a huge amount of football, especially starting a game. He hasn't. Yeah, played he's not, a lot. not as physical, I don't think either. No. Uh, but, yeah, he's a bit smaller, but yeah, it's um, it'll be an interesting summer for you. Obviously, 
the um, ownership ongoing story that you've got going on. It looks like bids are going to have to be in for Wednesday, I think, I saw on the news. Wednesday or Thursday, I think. So this is improved offers, I believe, from people that have already um, sort of put put their name in the hat. Interesting to see what summer brings for you. And I guess a lot of it will depend on how well you do in the Champions League. It looks like it's a big week. It's a big week because obviously we've got Champions League tomorrow night, and then we've got FA Cup semi-final at the weekend. So we could go out with some silverware. Yeah, it's looking good to to who you can bring in. I mean, I don't know whether Tuchel will stay. I'd I'd imagine he would if the owners have a plan in place. Yeah, I I think I don't think there'd be. I you know I don't think there'd be any reason to not keep him. To be fair, I think even if we, you know, even if we don't actually end up winning anything this season, I don't think it's a huge loss considering you know everything that's gone on behind the scenes. I think this season and sort of last season he came in in January and you know won the Champions League. So I think he's got, <laughs> I think he's got a bit behind him. Yeah. So I don't I don't I don't think that they change him. I think it's it's key to see who they bring in. Um, Christensen's already going to Barcelona, so that's one down um, at the back. I definitely think sort of defence is where they need to start looking. Obviously, Silva's got another year on his contract, but you know you can't rely on a 38-year-old week in, week out, you know, to put in the performances that he does now um, and to carry that on. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, six 0 can't complain and no, see what happens tomorrow night. But um, so we'll, we'll move on to uh, a team that are, are rather struggling at the minute, and that's Manchester United. Um, I can hear the, the happiness in your voice as you say that. Yeah, I try not to sound too happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 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 strange because I remember when they set Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. I thought to myself, is is that the right thing to do at this point in time? of the season where they were already struggling at that point. And I thought, surely, you know, you're going to make it even worse by bringing in someone else and they're having to, you know, work a different way on the pitch. And I think I've been proved right, if I'm honest. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's just week in, week out. And it's, it's their big players that aren't turning out week in, week out, Uh, you know, I, I, we've spoken about Russia before, um, and I know he's not—he's not getting the chances that he probably feels that he deserves. But when he has had the chances this season, when he has come on to the pitch, say with you know with thirty, with twenty, thirty minutes to go, he's not really done anything. So, I th- no, I think I think, I, think a, I listened to a few phone-ins this weekend, and a lot of Man United fans were on there saying that there was just a lack of effort. Yeah, which I can I understand. You know, a team like Everton having a bad season. Obviously, we spoke about them the other week, but you would expect to go there, a team near the bottom who is struggling, and to just try and quieten the crowd through hard work, close down your opposition, and things like that. And yeah, I understand that that United aren't seeing that, but I think the mentality of a lot of the players. I don't just think it's a question of like not caring or um, not wanting to put that effort in. I think there's a, a mentality that is they just seem to throw a bit of a strop 
the stuff yeah. isn't going their way. You know, we've all seen the video, I'm sure, of Ronaldo breaking <laughs> the lad's phone. That it just sums it up, doesn't it? Mm. Like, we've lost a game, but rather than take it on the chin and, and say, right, we're, we're going to go away, look at ourselves and improve, he's just stormed off. And they've got, it's not just Ronaldo, they've got a lot of players that sort of have that kind of attitude. I think Pog was one of the worst for it. He just tends to throw his arms in the air, shrug his shoulders if, it's, if he's not playing well. And, and, and he doesn't seem to do anything to want to get himself out of that. Um, like you say, Solskjaer being sacked, I, again, I sort of understand the decision by the board. But then they brought Rangnick in, who was just going to take it to the end of the season. And then a new manager was going to come in. So all the players there knew... Well, it doesn't really matter what I do or say to this guy. He's going anyway. So they've sort of just down tools a little bit. And Europe's now not looking a very real possibility. Any any Europe either, not no, even they, know, the conference. They don't, they don't really have anything to fight for, I don't think. And it looks like Ranić is obviously going to be off at the end of the year. I don't think they're going to offer it to him permanently, even if he wanted to stay. No, well, I've but said he's who, going. Who wants to come into a squad like that, knowing that whatever decision they make as a manager is going to be undermined by a Ronaldo, a Pogba, Fernandez, Cavani, whoever? They're all fighting amongst themselves. They've got to get rid of the personalities. I think it's just there's obvious there's a clash somewhere. I don't. Um, Ronaldo throws his arms up in the air to any player that isn't right. It must. If if I'm Sancho or Rash or Rashford, I know that the the criticism is that they're not really trying. But for everything they do that they get wrong, or every time they don't pass to Ronaldo, he's giving them an earful. It's going to really eat away at their confidence, and you can see him doing it on the pitch. You know, every time he doesn't get the ball, arms are in the air and he's moaning at all the players. It can't be good. I don't think for for a squad to have that. I don't, I don't, I don't think they should have re-signed him. If I'm, if I'm completely honest, I yeah. think um, they had enough players there. Uh, I think to to do a job w- without. I know he he has scored, you know, a hatful of goals, but what's to say that Rashford couldn't have scored those goals given the chance, and, and Ronaldo wasn't there? Because I, I think you're right. I think by Ronaldo coming in, I think it's not the confidence of, of especially someone like Marcus Rashford, yeah. who. You know, in the sort of last three, four seasons, he has been almost their focal point in attack, and it's literally just been taken away from him um, because they've signed Ronaldo, who obviously he, he he is a bigger draw and a bigger name. I understand that, but I, I think it's I think it's hampered them by signing him. I don't, you know, because like you said, he's he's a huge character. And I just don't think I just don't think they needed it. I and I, I still don't. I still to this day don't know how Paul Pop is still at that football club. <laughs> I really I, don't. And, and I, we've we've spoken many times about Chelsea having a, a like a bloated squad. I know you've got a yeah. lot of players out on loan, but I had a look at United before we started recording, and this this is just a list of players who aren't really getting a look in at the minute. So you've got one matter, you've got Matic who is sort of in and out, but yeah. kind of on the bench. You've got Phil Jones, Eric Bailly, you've got Grant and Heaton, two goalkeepers that are not getting anywhere near the squad. Uh, Dallow, Tellez, Andreas Pereira's out on loan. I didn't know he still played for United. It's been so long since he's pulled on a United shirt. Marshall is obviously at Sevilla. Van der Beek and Tuanzebi. That's about 
a million pound a week in wages, I would say. And that's yeah. quite a conservative estimate, shall we say. If you get rid of them and you get rid of Ronaldo, just for the sake of argument, you've got yourself a lot of money there to work with. And they, they're not short of it anyway. But they could go out and make a really statement sign in and say, right, we're going to we're going to build a spine of the team around young players that have the right kind of attitude that we're looking for. I don't understand. I mean, one matter, I don't think I've seen him play for about two years. He, uh, he came on. He came on on Saturday, but to be honest with He's you, he a... wasn't. He wasn't the player that they needed to play on a full no. list. But, but no, um, no, none of those players that I've mentioned there mm. are going to come back and make a difference in terms of the attitude. Quite old as well, aren't they? Like when you think about yeah. it, like the the average age of their squad must be quite high. Yeah, I think. I mean, Matic is what thirty three, thirty four now. I think Matic yeah. is the same. Jones. In his thirties, I think. I think you've touched on something you just said there that they don't they they don't have a spine to that team. No. When you look at their spine, it it is more than likely De Gea, Maguire, Fred, and Ronaldo. Fred is the best one, I think, this season for them. Out of those, he's been yeah. Well, he's been the player that's probably shone the most out yeah. out of the players, and he's probably the player that gets the most criticism off off their fans. Yeah. So, and I've I, got, I, I think if, if if I was to go in, <laughs> not that I'd ever get a management job, if I was to go into that United squad as well, I'd also look and I'd say to De Gea, probably, for the good of your career, it might be best to move yeah. on to something. Yeah. Because they've got Dean Henderson sat there doing nothing. And they're going to lose a really good English keeper any minute now because he's going to get fed up soon, if he's not fed up already. And... I just think it's time they've got to get rid well, not, of older players. I mean, De Gea can still do a job, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of Klopp when he took over at Liverpool and that Liverpool squad that were finishing 7th, 8th in the league pretty regularly. I know he kept Gerrard to begin with, but he built a team around it and look at where they are now. And that is... The kind of recruitment that United need to do. Well, they haven't they haven't spent anywhere near the amount of money United has spent as well. When you, awesome. when, you when you look at it, and the, the other thing is with, with sort of um, Man United is they're not. I don't think people fear them like they used to. They're not a team where you play and you think, oh no, this is this is going to be an extremely tough game. Um, I think I think the fear factor of their team is is just gone. I don't I don't think many teams in that Premier League will like, will do actually fair playing them now. I mean the fact that Villa have gone there and picked up points at Old Trafford. <laughs> or I mean I think we've won, you can count the games that we've won at that stadium on one hand. And yeah. every time we go there now, I I think a, a, a draw would probably be the least I'd be happy coming away with. And I don't I don't know what this says about the team itself, but I'm not sure if you've seen that he he listed two goalkeepers on the bench on Saturday. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't I don't know something isn't right, and it, it, it's definitely sort of behind the scenes something's not um, right because he's he that Ranić's supposed to be going up upstairs. Or the expression yeah. is after the season. Uh, you know, I think how how the players are at the moment. I don't think he will. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so we'll have to see what happens in the coming weeks. But it's a, a huge game for them, a huge lot of games coming up for them to try and fight to get some something in Europe next season. It'll be interesting to see a United without Europe, who, who they can attract, whether the name is big enough to get some big names in. So we'll um, we'll quickly move on because we were we were supposed to do this last week, but we didn't actually manage to get around to doing a podcast last week. But the World Cup draw happened um, a week and a half ago. Um, obviously, England in that draw uh, in the same group as the USA, Iran, and then obviously the team that we don't know yet, Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine. But I think from an England, anyone look down and see that on paper and just think there should be, you know, at least two wins and a draw from those three games. Yeah. I would imagine so, yeah. I think it's a it's a pretty pretty good draw for us. But I know you say two wins and a draw. I would love to see either either England Scotland or England Wales. Yeah. No offence to Ukraine, but I would love to see that at a World Cup. I know we got England Scotland at the Euros and the game itself was awful, but yeah, to see either Scotland or Wales, I I don't know what it is. Obviously, they they hate us. Let's be honest, they they hate England. Um, but I always want to see them do well, and I always want them to qualify for major tournaments. Um, and the same with Ireland and Northern Ireland as well. I always like to see the British Isles kind of represented in in major tournaments. So I do hope it is one of them. Yeah. Um, I think selfishly, I'd love to see John McGinn at a World Cup because <laughs> you know he's great. We love him. Um, but yeah, I, it's um, it's looking good, and I and I think if we if we do manage to top the group, I can't remember who the channel. Have you seen who we might get after that? I think it was like the third place, like one of the third place teams, the best, one of the best third place teams. I think it is. Um, <laughs> I think that's what it was. A decent chance of at least making a quarter final, I think. Yeah, I, I honestly think that we sh- we should be aiming for at least the semi final. Yeah, I, I and agree. I, and I think on paper, I think with the squad that we've potentially got, you know, we should be getting that far. I don't think there's any reason not to. I think yeah. we've beaten, you know, look at the Euros. We we beat Germany. So I don't think that I don't think there is as lethal as they used to be. Um, but do you think he already knows at least the majority of the team he's going to take? Because I think the majority of the team will be the same team that went to the Euros. I think so. Because I don't, I don't, I think them playing that tournament so close to a World Cup, I think they'd be silly to change too much. I can, I can see maybe a couple of players coming in. Uh, and you got to, you know, take account for injuries and things like that. Um, but I think, Is I think at the moment, three players that go to the World I think it's twenty three or twenty five. I think he can pick like thirty, can't he? And then the seven yeah. drop off. But I think, yeah, I, I, I definitely think at least nineteen or twenty of the players that played at the Euros will, will go to the World Cup. Yeah, I think he knows. I think maybe the only positions that might be in doubt a little bit are um, backup keepers, perhaps. Yeah, it uh, depends what he's going to go with as well, formation-wise. Yeah, is he going to go with three strikers? Because um, I think Kane and Calvert-Lewin probably have 
probably got those sewn up. But again, Calvert-Lewin's fitness this year hasn't been great, so maybe he'll choose someone else. But other than that, you've got to imagine that it's going to be pretty much the same defensively in a midfield. I don't see why he would change it after doing so no. well in Soros. I think it would be a bit harsh to drop anyone. Um, although there are obviously a lot of fans clamouring for Maguire to to get the drop, but I don't think... Yeah, but he's... But the thing is, he's probably he is the best centre back that we've got from an England point of view. Yeah. I think so. And it is, it, if there's a weak point in our team, it is definitely there. Uh, yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I met maybe the I think the the sort of centre back options he's got. Um, I think he knows the, the, the main couple that are going to be there. It looks like, um, obviously Maguire. I'm guessing probably Ben White will be there. But he's yeah. Where he can cut down between sort of Cody and Mings. He seems to like Mings, but from a Villa fan's perspective, he's not been on form. Um, no, he, I, he had one good game for England Mings, um, but he's, He's, hanging he's, on. he's he's a good. I think he's a good character. To have I think he'll go. Thing. I think I think he will go. I think I think Minks will be picked. But I I think it will be Stones and Maguire if he goes for a um, yeah. If he goes for a back three, I can see him picking Walker as the third yeah. centre back um, because he's already got a headache at right back with with Reece James and, and yeah. Trent. So yeah. yeah, I think with Walker added in there as well, I think. You know, it's, I, it's I, would, I would be disappointed with anything less than a semi-final person. Yeah. I think, you know, after doing so well in the last World Cup and then obviously doing well in the Euros, I think we've got to be looking at a minimum <laughs> semi-final. But um, it will be great to have a World Cup without Italy. It's kind of karma, <laughs> put it that way. Seems a bit harsh, but, you know. Hey, they lost to North Macedonia. They've only got themselves to play. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, that's it. That's this week's talking points um, done. We will be back in part two with some wonders of white, a quiz for Liam, and a who am I? So we'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to part two of this week's episode of View from the Sideline. Um, we're going to go straight into uh, Wonders of White, and here are some stats. So this is the first game this season where Manchester City have taken the lead and not ended up winning. Pretty special, to be fair. Uh, next one. So since the start of the 2018-2019 season, in all of the English leagues, Mo Salah has 83 goals. Ivan Tony has 83 goals. Alexander Mitrovic has 78 goals. And, and Timo, this season. <laughs> Timo Pukki has 75 goals. Wow. Are they the top four? They're the top four. Well, top three, because obviously Salah and Tony have got the same amount. Yeah. Um, I mean. But I, yeah. Like Mitrovic has scored about 40 this season, so. Yeah, I was about to say half of those have come this season. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, Sun has the most Premier League goals if you take away um, penalties this season. Yeah, exactly. I think this is like his third hat trick this season. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about what happened this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if you saw him score. 
tell you what I did see. I'll tell you what I did see. Um, Eric Dyer posting on Instagram with the match ball uh, and Son saying we got what we came for and Jack Grealish liking the post and he got slated for it on Twitter by Villa fans. So, yeah, just wanted to point that out. You know, he said he was a fan, but... He's lost He's lost some credibility now. A lot. Uh, so uh, Chelsea took a 4-0 lead against Southampton within 31 minutes. Um, that's the first time that a team has done that since 2011, uh, when actually Chelsea did it then. They scored four in the first 28 minutes uh, against Bolton. I thought you were going to say against Villa for a minute there. <laughs> no, no, you're like, the Villa one was before the yeah, Bolton one, but okay. we, didn't, we didn't score four in, in, in the first 20 minutes. It just felt like it from my point of view. You 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 got eight that day, so it was it. Yeah, it was pretty. I was there that day actually. I saw that game live. So, well, I I watched it on the computer, and to be fair, I I stayed until the end. So you know, to be fair, not many Villa fans stayed to the end uh, inside the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was the wonders of white this week. Um, So we've got a quiz for you now, Liam. Awesome. And this week, uh, with the World Cup draw taking place and the World Cup coming up in about six months' time, um, I thought I'd do you a little World Cup quiz. Now, some of these are fairly easy, and I'd expect you to get. Some of them are probably going to test you slightly, so we we shall see. Cool. I'll give you some bonus points along the way if you can if you can tell me numbers. Okay. Because a lot of these are number related. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. So first, first things first. Uh, what year did England win the World Cup? Oh, 1966. <laughs> I'd, I'd be kicking myself if I didn't go yeah. that. I told you they're going to start off easy. Long, uh, number two. Which country have won the World Cup the most times? I'm, I'm guessing that is still Brazil. It is still Brazil. And Do you know how many? I, I want to say five. It is five. Cool. So, who is the all-time leading goal scorer at the World Cup? Uh, I'm, he scored at loads of World Cups. I'm going to go with closer. It is closer. Cool. Do you know how many he has scored? Oh, God. Um, I want to say 18? It's 16. So he was close. Close. Yeah. Very close. Um, who jointly hosted the 2002 World Cup? That was probably the first World Cup I remember watching from start. Yeah, this is the one, yeah. This is exactly why I put this one down. Uh, I, it was Japan and Korea, wasn't it? It was. I'm guessing South Korea. I don't think it would be North Korea. Can you tell me where South Korea finished that in that World Cup? Um, they... I remember they played the third place playoff, but I can't remember if they won it. I'm going to say they did. They did, yeah. No, they did. Uh, Question number four. So you got more right so far. Uh, When was the World Cup founded? So when was the first World Cup played? Uh, It was nine. It was in... The 30s, wasn't it? 19, I'm going to say 1930. I think it was. It was 1930. 1930. So they're going to start getting a little bit more difficult now. Uh, so who 
is the lowest ever ranked country to qualify for the World Cup. Oh, now, God. I will give you two clues here. It was in 2010, and they were ranked at 105th in the world. 2010, so that was South Africa, wasn't it? Um, that was with all the Voodoo Zaylers. Yeah, that was the one where we all watched the, the football with the, 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 uh, the, the sound down. Um, I'm half tempted to say it was South Africa themselves, but I seem to remember them actually being okay. And I also think, because I've just mentioned it, didn't North Korea play in that World Cup? So I'm going to go North Korea. It is North Korea. Because they were rubbish as well. They were terrible. Although, although according to their news, I think they won the World Cup. So, yeah, I don't think anyone actually from North Korea actually saw the actual games. Yeah. They were shown um, <laughs> games that did not happen. Highly edited highlights. Um, okay, so which country scored 10 in one game at the World Cup? Oh. And I'll tell you the result. It was 10-1. And, and the unfortunate team to be handed, uh, that was El Salvador. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go Germany because they always do well. It was Hungary. Oh, and yeah. And I believe uh, Puskas scored quite a few of those 10. Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, this one you're going to get because uh, th- this goal, for me, epitomises when I started watching the World Cup. Okay. So Senegal. Yes. You might know where we're going here. <laughs> Shot France in the opening game of 2002. They won 1-0, but can you tell me who scored the goal? I, I, do you know what? I think I can. It was the, the mountain himself, Papa Bouba Diop. It was Papa Bouba Diop. All like six foot eight of them, or however tall he was. He was huge. Yes, I do remember that. That was a defining moment in football for me. Question nine. This is a J one because so who scored the who has scored the most World Cup goals? John Stones or Wayne Rooney? <laughs> That's you've included. Surely it's got to be John Stones. It is John Stones. He's scored. Wayne Rooney scored once at a World Cup. John Stones scored twice in one game against. Um, Was it Panama? In Panama, yeah. Yeah. When they won six nil. Sorry, I had to put that in there because I just saw I saw it and I thought you'll get it straight away because it is a bit of a joke. But yeah, okay. So last question. So of the eight stadiums um, that will be hosting games at the World Cup in Qatar, how many have been built from scratch of the eight? And apparently, just a lot. Just a bit of trivia as well. Apparently, this is the fewest amount of stadiums that's ever going to be at a World Cup. Oh, uh, eight stadiums. I don't know. I'm guessing they can't have had many. I'm going to say all eight. Why not? Close. It's seven. One uh, One is already there. It's been renovated three times, um, but has undergone a renovation. But there are seven new stadiums Finally. built from scratch. And most of them have opened in the last sort of year or so. Everything brand new, pretty much. Pristine. Although I think they have been playing some friendlies at some of them. So, and I know some of the teams in Qatar have been using them 
I struggle to fill them. <laughs> well, this is what Wikipedia's been Wikipedia's been telling me anyway. So, okay. um, uh, yeah. So I think um, England are playing at three different stadiums in their group games, um, two of which are literally next to each other, like not not far at all. And I think the other one's in a different part of Qatar. So. At yeah. least being in Qatar, it's not going to be like Russia where you've got to go, you know, basically across an entire continent to no. go from one stadium to the other. At least they're all going to be fairly close, I think. You've got eight out of ten, but you did get a load of bonus questions, but I didn't add them up. So, yeah, you did pretty well. The only ones you got wrong was the hungry one and the, the stadium one at the end. But, yeah. Please with that. There you go. Your knowledge is... Uh, Quite good. Um, not, not too bad, yeah. I, I, good questions about 2002 there. That was a good World Cup to take. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we are going to end on a Who Am I? And Liam is going to go through this one. Yes. So I was struggling to find uh, someone this week, but um, I happened across a name and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to test Chris on this one. So I'm not going to give you their current team, no, no, no. So we've got um, eight teams that he's played for in total. Two of them have been loans. So okay. I will highlight those loans to you. So he began his career playing Livingston. While he was at Livingston, he went on loan to Sterling Albion. He then moved to Leeds United, Norwich City, Hull City, West Ham United. He then went on loan to Villa and then played for West Bromwich Albion before joining his current team. I can go through them again if you want. Um, no, he's got to be... I think he's got to be Scottish. He's definitely Scottish. There's no way he would have started in Scotland and gone to Sterling Albion if he wasn't Scottish. West Brom... Villa, Hull. So he's been around for a long time, I would have thought, if he's been to all of these teams. He ha- I, I can tell you he has been around quite a the while. The Scottish players that played for Villa, it's not John McGinn then, because he's already gone. Um, and is the team that he is at now Luton Town? <laughs> You are correct. I think it is it Robert Snodgrass. It is Robert Snodgrass, yeah. yeah. And I just came across it because we mentioned about Luton the other week. Yeah. And, um, he came yeah. on against Chelsea, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I had a look at his career, and first of all, didn't realise he started at Livingston. Uh, no, no uh, it was the it was the West Ham, West Brom. Yeah. Um, he was at West Ham a lot longer than I thought. He was at West Ham for four years, and I didn't think he was there yeah. that long. But um, and I didn't know he played for West Brom at all. So. There we yeah, go. I knew, I, yeah, because that's where he, he was at before Luton, wasn't it? Yeah. He only played 14 games for West Brom, so I'll, I'll let him off for playing. The only Scottish players I know that played for Hull around the same time would have been Robertson yeah. and Snodgrass. But yeah, well done. Robertson. No, it was... Yeah, no, I, I think that the Scottish thing, I think, gave it away at the start. thought it might be a bit of a clue. Yeah, but not uh, when you think about it, not many sort of 
English, you don't really see a lot of English players come that way, do you? No. You don't start out in Scotland. Um, no, you don't. Well, They're mostly yeah. Scottish academy graduates coming out of Scotland mm. um, than any other nationality. But I thought, I just thought it might be a, a nice little clue. Um, and you picked up on it, so well done. Yeah. Well, he came on against, I said he came on against Chelsea when they played in the FA Cup. I didn't know he was there, if I was honest. I thought, <laughs> I thought he might have retired, but then when I saw him come on, I thought, oh, yeah. that's where he's got, he is. He's got to be near in retirement now. I mean, he was great for Villa when he was on loan, but I think he was... Yeah, because like you said, he was at West Ham for four years. Yeah. How he long was, was probably, he at Villa? He, he was at Villa for a season. Yeah. He lo- must have been West Brom. He was there for a while, wasn't he, West Brom? He was at West Brom for a year, and he oh. played 14 games. Uh, he was at Hull for three years, Norwich for two years, Leeds for four. You know why? I could have said Chris Brunt as well. He, was he Scottish, Chris Brunt? Uh, he's Irish, isn't he? He's, he's, he's Irish. 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 Oh, right. yeah. He was the other one I, was just, I thought of when you said. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever you, whenever I think West Brom, I think of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's played a lot for them. Yeah, in every position as well. Um, but yeah, well done, Robert Snodgrass. Well, right. Well, that is it for this week. Have you got anything else, Liam? Nothing else from me. Hopefully, when we record next week, that we would have beaten Real Madrid four now, and beaten Palace in the FA Cup. So we'll be able to say that we're in the FA Cup final and in the semi-finals of the Champions League. Easy, mate. No worries. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Tomorrow night's a big game. We need another sort of like Barcelona-esque game from yeah. 2012. We need that sort of passion. Um, yeah, biggest game of the season for us, I think. Because I think we've got third wrapped up now, so I'm, I'm not, not too yeah. concerned about the league now. So, Yeah, all right. Well, we will speak next week.